Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, dear family. How are you? I'm always so happy to be with you, and we have to run an encore every once in a while, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm always so sorry when we have to do that and can't be live. So we are live today, and I want to tell you in advance that we will not be live on Monday. We will run an encore on Monday because Monday, you're the first people to know in the whole world, we are moving to Texas. I met and um, a week or two ago that we were going to be moving, but I didn't say where or when. If all goes well, we are driving um, from Kansas to the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. We will be under that most excellent bishop, Joseph, Joseph Strickland, and um, in his diocese. And um, our Lord has confirmed it um, many times over, a very beautiful family has um, donated uh, 10 acres to us. Someone gave us a milk cow and they're raising chickens for us. They, they, they're just angels on earth that God has sent. And um, we have a Latin parish, St. Joseph the Worker, um, within a half hour from us. So um, it's just a... Uh, we're just thrilled. We're absolutely thrilled. <clears throat> we're a little heartbroken to be leaving the people in Beloit, Kansas. They are uh, I, the most wonderful community we've been among. They're just beautiful, beautiful people. This is a beautiful town. Um, uh, it, it's had its own difficulties for us in that house that uh, we haven't yet sold. Um, and um, and the nearest Latin Mass is two and a half hours away. So uh, it's, it's heartbreaking for us and for some of them that, to be leaving. But our Lord has done it, and he has confirmed that we didn't seek it. And um, uh, But we are, we're absolutely thrilled. So we're just about all packed up, and we will be driving out Monday morning. It's uh, without any stops. It's nine hours, so it'll be uh, 10 or 11 for us. Um, and hopefully, if it works out, we'll be with you on Tuesday. And if if, if everything doesn't quite come together, then, we, uh, then we'll be with you Wednesday, God willing. So um, God bless you. And um, I'll, I'll speak with you after this weekend. I'm not signing off now, but I'll speak with you after this weekend um, f- uh, from Texas from the Diocese of Tyler. I will actually be in Winona, a little area of Tyler, and um, it's just truly, truly, truly beautiful. I want to just give you a second reminder while we're thinking about it. August 17th is coming up quickly. Um, I will be with LifeSite News, the Station of the Cross. Um, the event is the 25th anniversary gala of LifeSite News, 25 years of their being on the air, being on the web, number one 
pro-life website in the world. Um, their news, they're always ahead of everything. And um, I don't know how many lives have been saved through LifeSite News. And fundraisers, they have raised money for all kinds of life causes. Um, it's, they're just absolutely wonderful. Um, and the LifeSite tw- News, LifeSite News 25th Anniversary Gala will be August 17th in Naples, Florida. I've mentioned before it's an evening event, cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, dinner, and a speaker panel uh, that includes Father James Altman and John Henry Weston. Um, Jim Caviezel is going to be their keynote speaker. Um, it's going to be a, a very, very wonderful special event. Um, and if you come, I've said it before, I'll say it again and again. Um, I have very little opportunity for us to meet. Um, we meet over the Internet and then hopefully in heaven. But if you're there, do come and say hello. I would love to meet you. Um, and um, you can fly right into Naples. I think right into Naples. It might be Fort Lauderdale. I'm, I'm not too sure. But um, go on the website, gala25.lifesitenews.com, gala, G-A-L-A, 25.lifesitenews.com, and you can get tickets there. I think they have a whole variety of uh, tickets that you can choose from. So... Um, We'll go to um, continue uh, our reading from "This is the Faith on the on the on the Commandments," the Ten Commandments, and they are the entire chapter of Exodus twenty broken into ten. And I've mentioned before that the Jewish ten, um, the first commandment is not even a commandment; it's a statement: "I am the Lord your God." <clears throat> Then it goes on with the second commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. But as I've mentioned before, and I'll do it very briefly now, it's so important that our Lord was forming a people for himself, and he had to get them out of a pagan idol-worshipping world. And over and over and over again, he would say to them, I am the Lord your God. I am the only God. There are no false gods. Um, I am the one who formed you. I am the one only to be worshipped. And I think, um, I think I know God would say that to us today. We're in the midst of a pagan world. We're in the midst of a church that is growing more pagan by the day um, because of false shepherds. Um, just as Israel, when they were formed as a people, eventually had false shepherds. And um, the sheep began to be confused and wander all over the place, and many returned to their false gods. That's being repeated today in the Catholic Church. So, beloved, there's only one God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who sent his son to die for us, who rose again to give life to all who will come to him. And there's no other way to come to him with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength except to come into the church that he formed for himself, a people he formed for himself on earth. It is the Catholic universal church, not an invisible body of believers, but a city set on a hill the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The uh, Protestant uh, um, order of commandments is slightly different, and um, 
and the Catholic order is a little different also from the Jewish. Um, in their briefest form, uh, I'm reading now from Canon Ripley's book, the Ten Commandments are number one, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt not have strange gods before me. This is the Catholic rendition. That two, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Number three, remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Four, honor thy father and thy mother. Five, thou shalt not kill. Dear ones, oh, there's so many. That I, uh, we, we could go into a, a, a full program's explanation on each one of these, but um, we're going to do that because this book will take us through the commandments. Um, uh, but um, keeping the Sabbath holy, Saturday is the Sabbath. The church did not change the Sabbath to Sunday. It changed the, the Saturday to Sunday. It changed the day of rest from Saturday to Sunday. Saturday is still the Sabbath. It's Sunday is the day of worship because the Lord of the Sabbath rose on Sunday, the first day of the week. Three, uh, remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath. Four, honor thy father and thy mother. If you allow your children to uh, talk back to you, to be disrespectful, you have forfeited your mission. Um, you must tell them that they have to go to confession. They must not disrespect you. They must not speak to you as your equal. They must respect you. And if you don't... Um, uh, lead them, if you don't teach them, if you don't discipline them, you are forfeiting your vocation in raising your children and you are ruining them by letting them do their own thing. God doesn't let us do our own thing. If we don't keep the commandments, very serious consequences apart from confession. Thou shalt not kill. <clears throat> Abortion is murder. Abortion is murder. The whole world is panicking now because of Roe v. Wade and uh, trying to instill uh, laws for abortion, tripling their efforts now. Thou shalt not kill. Um, I'm going to tell you that contraception is an intrinsic evil. It is evil. It is against conception. It's against what God has done. And it is a mortal sin. Um, I've read a few articles, maybe you have too, that the Holy Father is coming out with some paper that I believe allows contraception in certain circumstances. Beloved, it is diabolical. Contraception will never, ever be okay. Never, ever be okay. And you say, Mother, that's the Holy Father, that's the Pope. Are you smarter than him? Are you his authority? Are you? No, no. The church is teaching as our authority. And the position of the Holy Father is to protect that teaching. He has no power to change it. Uh, dear ones, we'll be right back after the break. And after the second break, our dear brother James will be with us. And you can call in with anything on your heart, toll free, 1-877-511-5483.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. It raises the question, I think, for a convert like me or for a cradle Catholic is, why are we seeing the human leadership of the Catholic Church steer the Church in a direction that doesn't seem consistent with Catholicism of the last 1900 years? That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live and I am thrilled and we're here um, for the next 45 minutes. And at the moment, we're uh, going through the commandments from uh, Canon Ripley's This is the Faith. And we're talking about the Ten Commandments in brief, and we're up now to commandment number six. We're not giving an expose or whole commentary on each commandment. It's just the sum of them. And uh, six says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. <clears throat> and I will tell you, dear ones, that if you have sexual intimacy outside of a valid marriage, you are in adultery. If you are living with a woman or you're living with a man who's not your husband, you are committing adultery. Well, no, if, if they're not married, it's just fornication. Either way, it's mortal sin. And if you die in your sleep, you will be in hell forever. Um, if you are so-called remarried, um, you've been had another, you've had a first marriage or even more, and you've remarried, uh, and your previous marriages have not been annulled, you are living in adultery, and you may not receive communion. Um, but 
again, every time you go to sleep, living in that situation. If you don't wake up in the morning, you are putting your yourself and the man or woman you claim to love on the road to hell. Seven, thou shalt not steal. Eight, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Nine, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Ten, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. And the article, the book, uh, Canon Ripley goes on to say, Protestants divide the first commandment into two and join the ninth and tenth into one. Since the Ten Commandments represent God's law for all men, they are possible for all men to observe successfully. See? God has already, this is my comment, put his law within our heart. So we have the we, we have the knowledge and the power and the grace to do it. And then again, writ the writ on stone and he's given us the Ten Commandments. They're commandments. They're not suggestions. They're not things to grow in virtue if we want. They are commandments. And God will never give us a commandment that we cannot do. He would not make laws that it is impossible to observe. Moreover, I'm reading now, God always gives those graces necessary to observe the commandments. Not only is it possible for all men to observe them, it is necessary and obligatory for them to do so. Therefore, everyone has the obligation to know them. The story of God's giving the Ten Commandments to Moses can be read in the book of Exodus, chapter 19. It was 50 days, 5-0, 50 days after the passage of the Red Sea on 7,000 foot high Mount Sinai in Arabia. After three days preparation by the people and amid thunder and lightning. Did you hear that, beloved? In order for the people to even approach that mountain from a distance, they had to prepare for three days. They had to refrain from marital relations. They had to bathe. They had to pray. They had to renounce all sin. Three days preparation in order to stand at a distance before the mountain where God would thunder. If they touched the mountain, they would die. And we go up to receive the Holy Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the God who roared on Mount Sinai. Some of us chewing gum with candy in our mouth, allowing our Lord in the Holy Eucharist to be placed on our hands. I tell you, if God dealt with us as he dealt with the people of Israel, we would perish in an instant for such sacrilege. It's the same God. He wasn't a God of anger in the Old Testament and a God of grace in the New. It is the God, the holy God of Mount Sinai that sent his son and that we consume in the Holy Eucharist. He is the one God, the only God. The commandments given to Moses were ratified by Jesus Christ, God made man who said, in, in Matthew chapter 5, do not think I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, 
but to fulfill. The first commandment enjoins the worship of God by faith, hope, charity, and true religion. It commands us to believe firmly in God and in his word, to learn what he has taught and to profess our belief. It bids us also to trust or hope in God, to love him and to adore him by prayer and sacrifice. Therefore, all forms of false religion, which is all those not established by God himself, are forbidden. God has not willed different religions or many religions. He has given one. He gave one religion in the Old Covenant. He formed a people for himself, the Hebrew people, and taught them that religion. There was no other religion. Not that God gave. And through that religion, through Judaism, God fulfilled every promise that he made in that covenant by sending his son through the people he formed for himself as the redeemer, the savior of the entire world, Jew and Gentile alike. The Catholic Church is Judaism, fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the four corners of the earth. And it's called Christianity because, again, the Christians, the Jews, who were hated by the Jews who didn't believe, were first called, the book of Acts says, they were first called Christians at Antioch. It was a derogatory term. They said, you're not Jews anymore. You follow this man. You follow the way. You're Christians. You are Christians. Christ, I-A-N-S, meaning you belong to Christ. You're a slave. He possesses you. And the Jews who believed in him really liked that. What? We'll take that. We, we like that. We are his slaves. We're his bond slaves. We're his slaves by our own choice and free will. Absolutely. And so the name of Christian stuck from the first century on, from the second century, I think it was, the beginning of the second century, and it has stuck to this day, and that's why it is Christianity. Christianity is Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the four corners of the earth. Do I practice the Jewish faith or the Catholic faith? The Catholic faith. Because the Jewish faith does not recognize its Messiah. What is still Jewish, those who consider themselves Jewish um, and do not recognize or believe that Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is indeed the Messiah, they are uh, left with the Old Covenant. But dear Jewish people, there's no way for you to live that Old Covenant. There's no way, because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And our Lord Jesus in the book of Leviticus said, the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your sins, because it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. There's no more blood sacrifice today. The temple of Jerusalem was destroyed, and I know you're sincere, and you go to shul, and you fast, and you pray, and you try indeed to do your best, and God knows that. God knows your accountability. He knows your heart without any question. 
But the fact is, the reason that God allowed Jerusalem to be destroyed and the bloody sacrifices to be ended is because he sent the true sacrifice, the sacrifice that fulfilled all others. And that is his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the true Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And his death on Calvary was the final propitiatory, satisfactory, only sacrifice that God accepts. And every Old Testament dead animal pointed to the true Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that happened in time 2,000 years ago. But God is outside of time. And he is also the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And on every Catholic Mass, that sacrifice, that sacrifice of Calvary, once for all, finished, complete, it is finished, our Lord said, and it is finished. Of course, it wouldn't have been finished uh, if he didn't rise from the dead, and he did. And that sacrifice is an eternal sacrifice, which means it's outside of time, although it occurred in time, and it is brought through time down to every altar of every Catholic Church and will be till the end of time at Mass and at the holy consecrated hands and words of the priest. And God forbid that any priest with those with that ordination, with that grace, with that power of God working through him, the only hands that should ever touch God just distribute communion like it's a cracker, like it's fast food, and put our Lord into any people's hands. There is no hands but the priest, not so-called Eucharistic ministers, not deacons, only the priest's hands are consecrated to touch God. Just as in the Old Testament, hold on. Excuse me. Just as in the Old Testament, anyone but the priest who dared to touch the altar would be struck dead. Just as only Moses could go up to the mountain because God called him. God has called no one but the priest in persona Christi to touch him. And the vocation of the priest is to give our Lord to the sheep on their tongue, not in their hands to handle him. The commandments teach us, command us to believe firmly in God and in his word, to learn what he has taught and to profess our belief. It bids us also to trust or hope in God, to love him and to adore him by prayer and sacrifice. We'll stop there, dear ones. Um, and when we come back from the break, we'll have an entire half hour. And we would love your calls. Our lines are open, toll free, at, or text at one 511 5483 or email at at We'll be right back.
At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts, from planned gifts to employer matches. We even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's one 877 888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Our bumper magnets are great ways to promote the truths of the gospel as proclaimed through Catholic Radio. I was getting bored of listening to all the same songs over and over again. And that's when I saw a Catholic Radio bumper sticker. And I thought, well, I should try that. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour. I love saying that. It's our half hour. And you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. We do our best to try to answer when we can't. Um, We'll refer you to who might be able to assist you. Our toll-free number to call or text, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. And this is one of my favorite favorite times because our brother James joins us. Are you there, dear one? I am here, Mother. Good morning. Good morning. So let's start off today. We've got a call from Paul in Massachusetts, and I believe uh, Paul's got something to bring to the table for us this morning. So good morning, Paul. Thanks for holding, and welcome to the show. Yes, good morning, James. Good morning, Mother Miriam. It's a Hi, joy Paul. and a blessing to speak with you. Thank you, honey. I know this was about six weeks or so ago, but I, I'm sure you probably went off the rails on it, but I'll bring it up anyways. I just think it's, and you've been on this this uh, case for quite a long time, how the Holy Father is really, I think, uh, undermining the authority and integrity of his bishops. And, and what more blatant example did we have of that about six or seven weeks ago when Nancy Pelosi, who really needs salvation yeah. in the worst way, mm-hmm. uh, went over to Rome after having been grounded for, for presenting herself for Holy Communion by her bishop, uh, right. Archbishop uh, Alexander. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yes, and now she goes over, mm-hmm. over there, 
and she almost is like wined and dined and faded uh, like a queen right. or princess. Mm-hmm. And I just and, and and he was just all smiles and just pretty much would give her the keys to the city if he had yeah. them if he could. And I just think that. And I said this to a, I, I have a, a spiritual director who's, I won't say his name, but he is a retired auxiliary bishop here in the Archdiocese of Boston. We get together once a month. He brought, I brought that up and believe me, he went off the deep end because he's pretty conservative in his, you know, in his, in everything. So, um, you know, I, I just think that I, I could just imagine the human side of, uh, Archbishop Cordelioni, what he must have felt inside because he was, you know, he showed tremendous grace, which you expect of a, of a, of a, of a, a, a successor the apostles but i'm sure he had to be burning up inside and i just think that this is you know and, and i just do not you know i, I disapprove certainly the way that he coddles some of his some of his bishops like like supich and mcelroy you know to name a couple and and, and gregory is another one too and um i just i just think this, this is mother this is an abomination i don't have to tell you that what else can we call it right right i agree paul i agree and it's um, it's um, abomination is the word, but um, incredibly tragic for the church and for the sheep who don't know what to make of all this. Um, his example, his uh, giving in to what is grave mortal, grave grave sin that would be mortal. Um, it's um, it's tremendously tragic, and Paul, God is allowing it. I don't know what else to say, but God is allowing it, and um, the prophecies that have been approved by the church toward the end time, Scripture itself is being fulfilled, um, and that's why Jesus said, "Will I fi- find any faith on the earth when I return?" It's truly, truly awful, and the. The, the deepest pain is that it's our own shepherds and in the person of the Holy Father that's going against the faith and leading us astray. It's, it's very, very tragic. Um, God is allowing it, and I don't know what we can do about it, except, as I keep saying, we must learn our faith and we must live it and not take these prelates as our example. You know, you're in a family... And a mother says to a 10-year-old son, uh, I don't want you to do that. And the 10-year-old son says, but, but Jeffrey's doing it, and Jeffrey's 18 or whatever. And that, so it, he feels it gives him permission to do whatever it is, and it doesn't. It doesn't. So um, we are individually accountable before God for our lives, for our actions, for the children under us, for whoever is under us to shepherd them, to know the truth, and to live it. Paul, I'm with you all the way. That's wonderful. God bless you. And, and I will just leave with this. I mean, as someone I would both admire very much, your brother, priest, and colleague, Father Robert McTagg, has said this many times, that the, the, t- t- the greatest tragedy we have in this world right now is just to come to grips with the fact that how little loved Jesus Christ is in this world, you know? And, um, That's right. And also another one I'll share before I go is Father William Casey said many yeah. years ago, he's one of the founders of the Fathers of Mercy, the itinerant yeah. preaching order out of Auburn, Kentucky. He said that the most gutless decision that any man or woman can make is to categorically reject and repudiate the teachings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow, that's quite a statement, but I could see Father Casey making it. 
Absolutely, yep. Paul. You stay strong and keep nothing of the faith to yourself. Help as many people as you can get to heaven. Shine the light. That's what we're called to do. That's right. Paul, God bless you, dear one. I'm so glad you called in. God, God bless you, mother. Bye-bye. Thank you, sweetheart. James? So our first email of the day is going to be from Tracy. And Tracy says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Twelve years ago, I converted from Protestant Methodist to Catholicism. Throughout the years, I have occasionally had feelings of doubt about being a traditional Catholic. Most of the time, these feelings are fleeting. Occasionally, I'll have doubt that lasts longer, and I've even let it keep me from going to Mass on Sunday. My spouse prays for me, and something changes in my heart, and I always come running back to our Lord. I wonder how religious and clergy cope with these thoughts and feelings, or if they ever even have them. I love your show and love listening to your conversion story. God bless you. Thanks, Tracy. Tracy, religious and priests and others, everyone Catholic, yes, they have these thoughts. Doubts are um, almost a given ploy of the enemy, a given ploy, because they weaken us. But they're not from God. They're not from God. They're from our flesh. They're from the devil. Doubts are not from God. Discouragement is not from God. Tracy, um, when you say to be a traditional Catholic, there's no other way to be a Catholic. You're either traditional, meaning that you hold to the traditional faith, to the traditions of not of men, but of God through his church. It's the only way to be a Catholic. Um, if you're not a traditional Catholic, you're not a Catholic. You don't have to use the title traditional, but it's the only way to be a, a true Catholic um, and to be, believe and live the faith once delivered to the saints. Tracy, I don't know your lifestyle, but I would uh, suggest uh, that you, um, if you don't have a spiritual director, you might seek one out, a priest, a holy priest, um, but I would begin to read. Uh, I don't know what your conversion has been like. I don't know how strong your um, reasons were for becoming Catholic, but I would suggest you read um, a couple of books. One is The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. Um I would suggest you get the Catechism Explained, that's the Catechism of Trent, um, commented on and explained by um, a Reverend Sparago. Um, I would suggest that you begin a holy hour, no less than once a week, uh, and that you develop a life of prayer uh, daily, absolutely daily, and you begin to read through the scriptures. Um, you know, if you if you uh, have coals uh, and uh, for a fire, and you you know you put the fire out, but the coals still um, um, what do I want to say? They still spark. There's still uh, something in them, and uh, and they stay warm because they stay together. You take one apart. And it'll become terrifically just cold and dead. Um, we need to keep our faith alive. Not I entered the church, I got the sacraments, and that's the end of it. And I'm Catholic, and that's it. We have to feed ourselves. We have, just like a, um, Paul says, as a newborn babe, 
desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And a baby, uh, you keep milk from that baby, that baby is going to scream for it. And that's what we should do as Christians, scream for the pure milk of the word, which is the scriptures, the catechism, the saints, the faith. So I would do that. Uh, get Butler's Lives of the Saints, read the saints, but read good books. Uh, the Catechism Explained could be your book for life. Um, but I would also read The Spirit of Catholicism. It uh, speaks of 13th century Catholicism, that's uh, prior to the Reformation, when the world was Catholic, when the world stopped at noon at the Angelus Bells and prayed. It's that picture of the farmers in the field with the tiny house all the way in the background and they're stopping for lunch at noon and they're praying because they're praying and the title of that picture is The Angelus. Do that. Stop in the middle of the street at noon. Set your watch. Do something. Set your phone and have it ring at noon and stop wherever you are and pray The Angelus. And I think, Tracy, um, your, your doubts will, will be over. Okay. And then if you, uh, uh, sorry, James, sure, just no one problem. more thought. And then Tracy, if you still have particular doubts on a particular subject, see the the main thing is to understand that the Catholic Church is not a denomination. If anyone else, if anyone is outside the Catholic Church and they call themselves Christians, they are in a denomination. The Catholic Church is not a denomination. It's it is the Church. Our Lord established. And so if there is a particular doctrine, if you don't believe it, if it's taught by the Catholic Church and you don't believe it, you're not Catholic, you're Protestant. But if it's something you don't understand and you want to learn, just go to Catholic.com, the greatest apologetics website in the world, uh, online, Catholic.com, and just type whatever you wish into their search box and you will have more answers than you could hope for. Okay, James, thanks. Sure. So we do have an email from Julie, but I'm going to save that one for after our break that's coming in a couple minutes here just so we can give it the full attention and not get cut off by that break. So let's take a quick one from John. John says, hello, mother. May God bless you for all that you do on the radio. I have a question about all the people who live before Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus died for our sins and being baptized took the sin from Adam and Eve off our souls. But what about all the people who died before yeah. Jesus did? Did they die with this sin on their souls? If so, wouldn't this make hell full if these people knew God? Thanks, John. Our Lord's, John, our Lord's death is the center of all of history. And history has been said to be his story. I said earlier in the program that he is also the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He was slain in God's mind before anyone was created. And his death... Um, paid for the sins that separated us from God, for everyone from Adam on to the last person that will be born before he returns. Everyone in the Old Covenant, everyone in the New Covenant, who followed God, who gave their lives to him according to his commandments for that time in history. So every single Jew who 
followed the law that God gave to Moses and kept the law, uh, the Ten Commandments in Exodus, but the book of Leviticus for the Jewish nation um, uh, is filled with the, how to live those Ten Commandments out as the people of God in what the foods they ate, how they dressed, uh, how they served one another, how they lived. Um, and if they did so, they did in... Um, uh, in understanding, even if they didn't understand it perfectly, of the true Lamb who would die for them. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 said, Moses saw him who was invisible. Everyone who believed in the Messiah, they couldn't work their way to heaven. They believed if they obeyed God, God would be, would be merciful and fulfill his promises. So everyone who has lived, John, from Adam on, and whoever will live, is covered by that sacrifice of Christ if they live up to what God has given them. Okay, we'll be right back after the break. Don't go away. station of the cross we proudly bring the truths of the catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices and we're grateful for the feedback we've received i discovered the station of the cross rather providentially a year ago have been a loyal listener ever since i can't overestimate the value of the station but it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed catholic it has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times it made me laugh on several occasions I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We've got 10 minutes, and uh, that's a a long time if you want to call in. There's time enough. Our lines are open, and our toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Okay, James, I think we're ready for what you said was a long email. Yes, so let's go back to the email from Julie here that I mentioned in the last segment. So Julie says, Hello, Mother Miriam. My concern is about my sister. She is in her 50s and was married about 20 years ago. She had several miscarriages and the marriage fell apart. She followed through on an annulment and got engaged to another man during the process. She had several more miscarriages in this marriage and her physicians encouraged adoption. She never received any grief counseling and has been resistant to it. The years have gone by and both made excuses as to why they would not adopt or consider becoming foster parents. Drug addicted babies, children with emotional issues, too many regulations, too much paperwork and classes to attend, etc. She says he was resistant to adoption, but she was as well. She doesn't seem to remember that and blames her husband totally. As time went on, myself and other sisters had our lives and children. This became sad and burdensome for her to see in our kids, the ones she could never hold. Lately, her emotions have reached fever pitch with yelling outbursts that she, quote, is done with her husband and going to move on, even if it's not the moral thing to do. She said she, quote, doesn't care anymore and would consider an affair. She is Catholic, goes to church every Sunday, and knows this reasoning is not right. When I mentioned talking to her priest, she says, quote, I've tried all that. Prayer doesn't work. When I mentioned talking to a counselor, she says, we've tried that and they are quacks. They only went two or three times. We've tried to encourage her against this decision, yet know that her heart is broken from her losses. Sadly, she is keeping company with a divorced man who has a family of grown children and grandchildren. She says, I can find a family with children and thinks that this will solve all of her problems. We're at a loss trying to help her, and at this point, there isn't anything more we can say or do to change her mind. I go to daily Mass and pray for her. My priest has offered to talk with her, but she has ignored this invitation. I just listened to another one of your letters from a woman who was having family issues. You told her to accept it and not keep mourning the loss of her family ties. I've said the same to my sister, but accepting the cross can sound trite, especially Mm -hmm. coming from me, who has the life she wishes for herself. She has said as much. How do we as Catholics relay the message of the cross to those who struggle without it seeming like a simple answer? God bless you for your work, Julie. Oh, Julie, this is heartbreaking. It seems your sister needs a conversion. I don't know that she's Catholic in her heart at all. I trust that she's baptized Catholic, but her faith is not there. I don't know if it's ever been there. I don't know why, as a result of miscarriages, she and her first husband should have divorced. But the fruit of her behavior since then would seem to indicate that she never really had converted in her heart, that she never really had the faith, that God was never really her focus. Um, And all the excuses for not adopting children are... um, are just that, their excuses. Not one of them is a reason, not one. Um, Your sister seems to be 
Julie, one who simply wants God to be a magician, to answer her prayers, to give her what she wants, to make things easy. Um, and she doesn't understand why God would allow suffering. It's very, very heartbreaking. And to choose a sinful life because she didn't get what she wanted um, kind of betrays right from the beginning that her heart was not right. I don't know if that's why God didn't give her children from the beginning. I have no idea. But um, I, 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 the thing I think to do is get together with your sisters, Julie, and pray a novena, pray a 54-day novena to Our Lady for Julie's heart to be utterly converted, for her to be a saint, for her to leave this divorced man that she's dating, um, for her to go through any amount of suffering that God would would bring her to conversion and that she could be a saint and do the work for which God has created her, whatever it is. Um, she can open a, a little home for orphans. Uh, if she's willing to take this divorced man's children and have an instant family, they're not little babies. She's going to have grown children, and she could do the same for orphans. So I, I think um, you just need to truly love her and pray for her and let her know that absolutely none of her choices are good and that none of them... Uh, she may blame so-called quacks, uh, priests, you know, all of that. Um, she's only negating God through every every step of the way. Um, I would just let her know as long as she decides to be the God of her own life, she's already proven that she's helpless, that she's powerless, that her decisions don't work, neither do her desires. Um, if she will give her life to God, no matter what the circumstance, she will know peace, she will know fulfillment, and she will be able to have the life for which God created her. So that's, that's the message I would give her. And if she chooses a, an absolutely morally sinful life, she has chosen hell. And it's her choice. God gives us free will. But he died for us that we could be saved and have life here and in eternity. And if she rejects that, um, God will give her the same freedom he gave to Judas. He died for Judas also. And all Judas needed to do was, even though he betrayed our Lord, he needed to receive his mercy and he would not. He thought his sin was greater than God's mercy. And it's, nothing's greater than God's mercy. So, Julie, um, don't treat your sister like she's a Catholic. Don't do it. She's not in her heart. And she needs to understand the love of God and the desperate situation of her soul. And she needs to convert. So pray for her. Offer sacrifices for her. She's in her 50s now. And um, she still has time to live for God. Uh, but it has to be her choice. And only love, only love, not acceptance of her sin, but only love. Your acceptance of her 
not her sin, but of her. God loves the sinner and he hates the sin. So I would just have a clear message to her, Julie, that she's on her way to hell, not because of your belief, but because of what God has told us. He is the only way, the way, the life, and the truth. No one comes to the Father but by him, and she's rejecting him uh, because he's not her magic genie. Okay, I better stop there. Um, uh, Julie, uh, I will pray for you. I'll ask our listeners to pray for you and the conversion of your sinner, uh, of, of all sinners. Um, there's, the, there's the music. Um, uh, uh, my goodness. Um, all right. Uh, I think we need to stop there, beloved. Trust God. Live for him with all your heart. He's, you, you, you don't rebel against him, whoever you are. Who do you know that loves you? And who do you know? You may point out people that love you, but who do you know that in a crisis would actually die for you, that would give their life for you? Jesus did that. He gave his life for you, and he lives for you now come to him. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll next time I'll speak to you from Texas. God bless you.